You are listening to episode 93 of the Plank Flow Podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey friends, I hope this finds you well. I know it's that time of the year where I've been hearing from quite a few people that they're having feelings of being unsettled or feeling a little unproductive, feeling unhappy, not totally knowing always the reason why, but just having a low frequency or a low vibration. When we as leaders have those kinds of feelings, our frequency easily transfers to those we lead. It can bring them down, oftentimes at a point when we need to be lifting them up. We know that happiness leads to productivity. So today I thought that I would share a little known but powerful secret to cultivating your team's happiness as well as your own. It's simple but uber productive. To be able to understand this strategy and use it will help you lift up not only yourself, but others. And it has to do with how we communicate. I'm going to provide you with five game-changing questions that you can use individually or with your team when you are feeling low vibration, contracted, disempowered, or when you see your team isn't operating from a state of happiness and empowerment. Back in 2009, when I saw Tony Robbins at a four-day conference, I recall him saying that the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of the questions you ask yourself. And at the time, I thought it was an interesting question, maybe even a little nuanced, but I didn't fully appreciate the truth of his statement. Fast forward 13 years later, and I use questions all day, every day in my work to empower people to see solutions to problems that they hadn't seen before. They are solutions that you and I as leaders, without the expertise of those we lead, need to be asked that we can't even provide for them. But by asking the right questions, we are either going to contract them or ourselves, or we're going to help expand and empower them. And that is the simple truth of the power of the question. It can change everything. Here's the thing you need to know about questions. They are a directional device. They are going to inform your next decisions and actions. Like I said, they're either going to empower or disempower. I recently saw the movie Hidden Figures with my family, and I have been thinking a lot, therefore, about Apollo 13. And Gene Kranz was the man on the ground who was was supervising and leading the mission And I can only imagine what it was like when Apollo 13 got into trouble, right? 
And the questions all had to change. It was no longer, how do I get this thing? And how do we land this as a team on the moon? It was now, how do we get them home safely? So all the questions had to change and had to change rapidly. And by continually being able to ask good questions, they were able to come up with a solution that did eventually get that crew home safely, right? The questions when we lead, whether that's ourselves or others, are super important. If you think back to a time when something in your business or life went wrong, perhaps you didn't perform at the level you wanted in a meeting, maybe you had an unproductive day, or maybe you got into an argument with a family member, take note, were your questions empowering you or disempowering you? I'm going to provide five questions that will help you turn around some of these common workplace problems, the most common ones you see. The first question has to do when you run into a problem or you're needing a better solution. Most of us are used to confronting a problem with the question, what is wrong, right? What is wrong? You see a problem and it's what is wrong. When we do that, we imply that someone has made a mistake or something's broken, and we're not even having to be sure that that's the truth at all. And if you really feel into this question, like feel, what does it feel like when someone asks you what is wrong? You're going to notice that it feels very contracting. It feels very disempowering. So a better question in this case, one that expands an individual or team is, instead of what is wrong, is to ask yourself what is missing. And while I don't know it for a fact, I'm going to guess that Jean Krantz was someone who was able to and did ask, what are we missing? Recently, I was in a conversation with a man who was frustrated with his team's performance, and he started to ask questions around culture and wondering why there we didn't have the level of performance and the level of retention that he had grown to expect and enjoy. And he said he kept asking his leadership team, what is wrong? And he was frustrated because he wasn't getting any responses back. So I asked him to consider and ask the question instead of what's wrong is what's missing. So he went back to his team of leaders and asked them that question instead of what's wrong, which cast some guilt, blame, or shame on things and asked a more expansive question, what's missing? And he said that he received 25 comments back as opposed to the initial one. And that, my friends, is the power of an empowering and expansive question. These are just five of my favorites. Now, my second favorite, I don't know that these are in any particular order, but they are questions that are game changers. And this one has to do with shortening the lag time between when you or or another are upset or are disappointed or you're frustrated. Maybe you're depressed. The question that most ask themselves in this type of a of situation is, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening is a very disempowering question. It's one that really has people remain stuck for long periods because they they keep circling. And sometimes we can never know why. It's not one that leads us or moves us forward. Why is not expansive? It it again casts blame and victimhood and guilt and shame. And all those feelings are among the lowest of the frequencies, which is definitely the place where we start feeling frenetic and why so many have the feelings of being unproductive. Now, the counter expansive question is, what is right 
and helpful about this situation. What is right and helpful about this situation? Even if you are in the muck, even if this is the ugliest the, and you have hit rock bottom, the question has the power, because it is an expansive question, to lead you out of that hole. I recently had a personal experience where I was upset that I had allowed another person to even upset me. And I found myself asking these questions that were not empowering me. Why is this happening? How could I have not seen this in advance? We have to have breakdowns so that we can have breakthroughs. But often people stay in the breakdown phase or the dark night of the goal, which is something I've grown used to saying, is that we stay in these this breakdown phase for far too long. Understand that there is a reason for everything. What is happening in that moment is supposed to be happening. Wherever you are, regardless of how dark a place it is at this moment, is exactly where you're meant to be. And by asking this question, you get what it is that is being beckoned for you to know. What is right and helpful about this situation? And when we get the value or the hidden opportunity in a situation, we are able to open up. We're able to shift into a higher expansive frequency as opposed to staying low, right? And we know that leads to greater productivity in the workplace and in our own personal lives. Now, my third question, I do love this question. This is when we are in limbo, indecisive, when the team maybe is even worse, they're in fear of putting an idea or work into motion. That limiting contracting question is, what if this is a wrong decision? What if this doesn't work out? Sometimes this question is not even asked audibly. You know it. It's the one that comes up with our fear, but it can be rolling around in our head. Might not be, like I said, audibly said. The alternative question in this case is, what is the worst thing that can happen? And can I live with it? If you can live with what could potentially happen, go for it. And if you can't, ask yourself, what's the likelihood of that worst thing actually happening? Because usually it's pretty low. You're either able to live with it or the thing, the alternative that you're saying might be happening is pretty illogical and pretty unsubstantially proven or, you know, has credibility that to really happen. So get real on what is the worst thing that could happen realistically and can you or your team live with it? You might also realize that it's already happened before or it's happening now and you're still alive. So getting real and getting asking this question, again, is just a more vibrationally open, higher level, expansive question that's going to improve your ability to solve problems, to move forward, and to do so with, with passion and motivation and courage. A quite example I have of this is a leader who had invested a great deal of time in hiring a person, and he'd engaged in moving the man and his family to town and, and had introduced him to the team. And there was just a, a lot of emotional, financial, and physical energy that had gone into this. And before the man arrived, he quit. And what this had done is that the leader now was having a lot of difficulty moving forward and being decisive on the next hire. 
he was in fear and concern and worry that the same experience was going to be replicated. So when I asked the question, what is the worst thing that can happen and can you live with it? He realized that the worst thing that could happen was what had already happened and he had lived with it and that he could do it again. And that freed him up by asking a different type of a question to showing up. You see? Okay. This fourth question I really like because it presupposes success when our brain has a negativity bias through and through. Think about if you're getting ready to run a race and the person who is supposed to be your coach is saying to you, you're never going to make it. I can't imagine that your energy going into this is building momentum or a strategy, right? To win. It's not going to happen. That's the voice of your negative biased mind whenever you're going to do something for the first time. So that's the question that's being asked. Again, it might be inaudible, but it is happening in your brain because that is what our brains are supposed to do to protect us. So the expansive question that you need to ask yourself or to ask your team and listen closely is if I knew for a fact that I could fill in the blank, my next right action would be fill in the blank. For example, if you knew for a fact that you could find a new hire or a candidate easily, my next right action would be fill in the blank. Whatever it is for you, ask yourself what it is that you want. That's the first fill in the blank. If I knew for a fact that I could, whatever goal or desire you wish to build or create, what is the next right action I would take? And in le- sometimes I encourage people to write, you know, I'll drill through five or six so that they keep going into their wisdom, they're into their subconscious to, to answer those questions, to you know pull out new things, new solutions they hadn't considered before because they've presupposed that they are going to be successful. Now, the fifth question is a powerful one to connect to because it is a compelling reason why to move towards your vision. Understand there has to be a strong emotional connection to your vision in order for you to have high performance. And it has to be beyond the financial. This month alone, I had probably four or five people come up to me and tell me that they had made more money than they ever had in their business. Their bonuses were larger. Their tax returns were were more significant. And every one of those people also had something else in common. They said to me, I had no enthusiasm when the number hit my bank account or the check came in. It didn't bring me the happiness I thought. As you move to a future of your dreams, we must answer the question, which is what is the meaning beyond the money? What is the meaning beyond the money? And when you answer and connect with that, you will again expand and have a deeper passion, a deeper resolve to move forward, to do something that matters beyond the money. It is your compelling reason why. It is your emotional connection to pursuing that which is beyond you and beyond the money. So to review the five super empowering questions to solve many of the workplace's common problems are, number one, it's not what is wrong, but what is missing. The second question to cultivate happiness for your team and yourself is, what is right and helpful about this situation? 
Your third question, what is the worst thing that could happen? Can I live with it? The fourth expansive and empowering question, if I knew for a fact that I could fill in the blank, my next right action would be fill in the blank. And the fifth and final expansive empowering question to support and cultivate happiness in your workplace and for yourself is what is the meaning beyond the money? It's very important that we're tactical, that we're strategic, and that we're conscious and awake to what questions we're asking ourselves and others. They empower us, they empower our teams, or they can disempower. They have the power to move our attention and to change our perspective. And when we change our perspective, that's where all real change ultimately begins. So your call to action is to pick one of these questions and begin to use it for yourself or even in your workplace. You can put it on card, take one by one, and each week introduce one and start using it for yourself. When you do that and you see how you are elevated and your happiness is cultivated, you can then begin to share it with your team. I hope you found this episode helpful. And I know these questions can be game-changing. If you enjoyed it and know somebody else who you think could benefit, simply use whatever platform you are listening to this on to hit share and send it on. I encourage and invite you to our next episode where I will be interviewing Peter Docker, author of the book, Leading from the Jump Seat. It is a great read. I encourage you to get it. But most importantly, I encourage you to be with us the next episode for his interview. It is promising to be one you don't want to miss. I look forward to seeing you have a beautiful, peaceful, and happy next week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 